0: I've been feeling a bit under the weather this week, so my voice might be a tone or two lower than normal. Um, And as a result, I'm slightly less practiced than I normally am. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing. Anyway, um, I'm just going to pray again. It's a good way to start. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we can meet this morning uh, to worship and talk about you, Lord. I ask that you would open our hearts and minds to what it is you want to say this morning. It's less of me and it's more of your message. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, scientists tell us that on December the 22nd, we will experience the winter solstice. Okay, which they say is the longest night of the year. But of course, uh, everyone here knows that that's not true. Everyone knows because everyone knows that the longest night of the year is what? Christmas Eve. Yes, Christmas Eve. December 24th, the night before Christmas, not the 22nd. Who remembers those nights as a kid? Uh, do you remember running into your mum and dad's room five or six times, maybe, um, and saying, You know, mummy, daddy, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Well, I think time is an important question around Christmas. Um, What is Christmas a time for? And that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. What is Christmas a time for? Well, the Bible says um, three things. Um, And the three things that Christmas is time for were all mentioned by an angel who spoke to a group of shepherds on that very first Christmas night. So if you want to grab your Bible or your phone or just listen to me, um, we will look at this together in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. And we're going to be looking uh, from verse 8, starting in verse 8. So Luke records these words. He says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, before we actually take a closer look at the words the angel spoke, I think it's vital that we understand the context and the setting of his message. And according to verse 8, the context was night, it was darkness. And it wasn't just night because the sun was down. It was night because the world was cloaked in a spiritual and moral darkness. But hear this this morning. It's often when things are dark and darkest that God manifests himself. When we think about the stories in the Bible, for example, it was night in Egypt when the children of Israel were released out of bondage of Pharaoh. It was night when Samuel heard God's voice calling him to become a prophet to God's people. It was night when God gave David some of his sweetest psalms. It was night when Paul and Silas sang songs of praise to God while chained in a Philippian jail. And it was night when the Christ was born in Bethlehem. And it was night when the angel of the Lord proclaimed his glorious coming. And friends, if the truth be known, for some of you, maybe here or at home, right here and right now, it may be night, it may be dark. You might be depressed, you might be unsure of your future, you might be in a deep financial hole, you might have got loved ones in hospital rooms or nursing homes, you might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you're grieving, you're grieving the loss of a friend, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a marriage maybe, it's night, it's darkness. But the angel of the Lord says to you, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Hear this this morning. In the darkest night, above the darkest clouds, the sun is shining. There is a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now with that in mind, let's take a closer look at what the words this angel spoke. So the first thing he said was, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Did you know that the phrase, do not be afraid, is one of the most common phrases that God speaks to people in the entire Bible? Do you know how many times he says it? 365 times. That's one for every day of the year. Sometimes that's how many times we need to hear it, don't we? Every day. So think about this. Why do you think God came to earth in the form of a baby? I mean, he could have come however he wanted to. So why does Jesus come to earth in the form of a baby? Well, I believe it's because nobody's afraid of a baby. Nobody. You see, God doesn't come to earth to scare us. He came to save us, to establish an intimate, passionate, growing relationship with us through Jesus Christ. He says, I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to be in relationship with me. I want you to know me and love me. And I want us to grow together to become one. And because of that, if God were to come here today and sit down beside you and start talking to you, what do you think he'd say? I think he'd start off with the very same words that he used on that first Christmas night. Do not be afraid. Friends, Christmas is a time to release our fears into the arms of a God who loves us. And who came to be in relationship with us. You know, throughout the years, I sound very old saying that. I'm not that old, goodness. Um, as I've gotten to know people, it's, the, it's, the, beard, yeah. it's yeah. the greatest. Rahel said it this morning, she said, there's a lot more greys than last time I saw you. Yeah. So rude. Um, as I've gotten to know people throughout the years, um, you know, you find out that everyone's scared of something, don't you? Yeah. Everyone's scared of something. Um, so let me ask you a personal question this morning. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of the future with all of its uncertainty? Well, Christ is the answer to that fear. You know, the old saying says, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Are you afraid of life's burdens that sometimes seem more than you can bear? Jesus said, come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you afraid of being alone? Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you afraid of death? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And if you believe in me, you will live even if you die. Are you afraid of how you're going to pay the bills? Or for what you're going to eat or drink? Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus Christ is the answer to fear. No matter what your fear is. So Christmas is a time to let your fears go. It's a time to relax and trust God, to release them into his powerful hands and to stop worrying. Why? Because Christmas tells us that God is with us in Christ. Which is why we can sing with all of our hearts, joy to the world, the Lord has come. So Christmas is a time to release our fears into the arms of the God who loves us. The second thing that the angel said to the shepherds 2,000 years ago was this. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. For who? All people. For all the people. This good news is for all people. Over a billion people all around the world are going to celebrate Christmas this year. Whether they know the meaning or not. Because it's good news for all people. In other words, it doesn't matter whether you're Catholic, Muslim... Jewish, Protestant, New Age, agnostic, or even atheist. It doesn't matter whether you're short or tall, big or small, educated, uneducated, rich or poor. The good news is for everybody. So what is this good news that the angel is declaring? Well, I'm going to try and give it to you in a nutshell, a bit of a cliff note version of the Bible, and try and grab hold of this. So part one of the good news is that God made you to love you. He made you to love you. That's what the Bible says. You were made to be loved by God. He knows everything about you. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly, and yet he loves you, and he wants you to love him back. But in order for that to happen, you have to get to know him. You can't love somebody you don't know. So you have to get to know who he is and what he is like. Part two of the good news. God came in human form so we could get to know him. He came to earth 2,000 years ago in the form of a human being so that you could get to know him. Colossians 1.15 tells us Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. In other words, if we really want to know what God is like, all we have to do is look at Jesus. And we can know that's what God is like. Friends, I don't know about you, but I can connect with that. I can relate with that, to a God like that. God came to earth as a human being so that we could get to know him, so we could relate to him. Part three is that Jesus died to pay the price for our sins. So while Jesus Christ was here on earth, he did something for you and he did something for me. He died on the cross to pay for all of our sins. Why? So that you and I could reconnect to God, so he could become our Emmanuel. God with us, so that nothing could ever separate us from his love. Friends, hear this, everything you've ever done wrong, everything you're ever going to do wrong, everything that has ever or could ever block you from experiencing God's love, everything, including those things that you haven't even thought up yet, has already been paid for by Christ's death on the cross. He paid your penalty and mine. Because he wants to be with us in eternity. And that's good news. Part four of the good news. Because of Christ's work on the cross, you and I can receive that forgiveness. You and I can experience a restored relationship with God in all its abundance. It's a free gift if we put our trust in him. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. and We can't do anything to deserve it. Our sin blocks that from happening. But you and I can receive that free gift when we put our trust in Christ. John 1 verse 12 puts it like this. It says, yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus himself in John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that so whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by the works so that no one can boast. Did you hear that? Not by works so no one can boast. But we are saved by grace through faith. I don't think I can make it any clearer. If you want to become a child of God, if you want to know God, and the intimacy and care of your Heavenly Father, if you want to be part of something bigger than yourself, if you want to live in connection with God, forgiven and cleansed by His love, if you want the abundant and eternal life God designed you for, then hear this, it all begins and ends with faith. It doesn't come through religion or rules or regulations, It comes through a personal encounter with the living God of the universe through faith and faith alone. Now, one of the benefits of Christianity, especially at Christmas time, is it forces you to think about God. I mean, as fast as the world is turning, it's very easy to sort of skip through life week after week and month after month and not pay much attention to God. But once a year at Christmas time, it's in your face because when you walk through the shops or you turn on your radio, you can hear those Christmas carols. When you look around the houses in your neighborhood, there are angels out there. There's nativity scenes and mangers on display. And even the word Christmas, you know, it has Christ's name in it. It's Christ's mass. So every Christmas season, you're confronted with, what do I really believe about Jesus? Jesus. I mean everybody seems to be celebrating his birth. So what do I really believe about this guy? I mean was he who he said he was? Was he the son of God? God in the flesh? Or was he a fake? A phony? Was he the biggest con artist who ever walked the earth? Or was he really who he said he was? He claimed to be God, he claimed to be the savior of the world. He came to be claimed to be able to forgive sins. He claimed to be able to give abundant life. He claimed to be the only way to our Heavenly Father and to eternal life. Now, he's either right, or we're celebrating the birthday of the biggest con artist in history. So at Christmas time, you have to consider, what do I believe about God? What do I not believe about God? What do I believe about Jesus Christ? And what do I not believe about Jesus Christ? So the second thing that Christmas is a time for, Christmas is a time to renew your faith. Galatians 4.4 4 says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son. Now for some of you, today the time has fully come for God to send his son into your life. It's the time for you to get to know God through Jesus Christ in a personal way. For others of you, it's fully time for you to come back home. It's time to come back to the loving arms of Emmanuel, to the God who is with us in Christ. Church, this is the perfect time to decide, what do I believe about Jesus? Who was that baby in the manger? Was he who he said he was? Or was he a phony? Christmas is also a time to receive forgiveness. It's not just time to release our fears. It's not just time to renew our faith. But it's also time to receive forgiveness. Because as the Christmas carol proclaims, Christ the Saviour is born. That was the third thing that the angel said to the shepherds on that very first Christmas night. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You know, it's always interested me that when God sent Jesus, he sent the one and the only one who could fulfill our greatest need. You know, he didn't send a salesman because our greatest need was more products. He didn't send us a politician because our greatest need isn't more government. He didn't send us a scientist because our greatest need isn't more inventions. He didn't send us a soldier Because our greatest need isn't more protection. He sent us a saviour because our greatest need, your greatest need and mine is forgiveness. Because the truth is, we've all blown it. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, we all need a saviour. You know, you might say, well, Dan, why do I need a saviour? Well, friends, unless you're absolutely perfect in word and deed and thought, Unless you're absolutely, utterly, completely perfect, then a saviour is the only way you're ever going to come to know God and live in his presence. You see, God is absolutely perfect. And the truth is that you and I aren't. I mean, if you were to ask any of my sisters, they'll love to tell you about my shortcomings and imperfections. (laughs) I stopped being perfect a long time ago. And the truth is, is, so did you. So the only way you and I, as imperfect people, can enter into God's presence is for someone else to pay our way to buy our ticket. When you were younger, or maybe recently, did you ever do that? Did you ever buy a ticket for a friend that couldn't afford one? So you could spend time with them in a place you both wanted to go. Well, that's what Christ did for us on the cross. He bought us a ticket to eternal life. Life with him now and forever. <clears throat> Excuse me. Only when he bought the ticket, we weren't his friends. We were sinners. We were enemies of his kingdom. And also... When he bought the ticket, it didn't just cost him a few pounds, it cost him his life. (sighs) He paid the ultimate price for you and me so that we could be forgiven and join him in his cause for eternity. That's why God would never have sent Jesus, He would never have sent Jesus to be mocked and beaten and belittled he would have never sent jesus to have nails pounded into his hands and a spear pierce his side he would never have sent him to have his blood shed and to die upon a cross an excruciating death he would have never sent jesus if there had been any other way for you and me to make it into his perfect presence he never would have done it but there wasn't any other way That's why Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. He's the only way. Church, you and I need a saviour. And that's what Christmas is all about. And that's why every time you look at the manger, you ought to think of the cross. Billy Graham was the spiritual advisor and friend to numerous presidents. Richard Nixon was one of those, and he tells the story uh, in one of his books, of when he was preaching at Richard Nixon's funeral. And he said, as I was preaching, President Nixon's funeral, there, sitting in the front row, were four, the four living presidents. And at one point during that message, I pointed over to the casket where Richard Nixon's body lay, and I said, every one of you, one day, is going to be here. Are you ready? And that's a very important question. Because great and small, rich and poor... One day, our hearts are going to stop. Are you ready? If so, where would you go? Who will you spend your eternity with? And on what basis do you know that you'll get to do that? Years ago, Albert Einstein was riding on a train and he was famous for his absent-mindedness. Brilliant, but absent-minded. And he lost his ticket on this train. And as the conductor came through, he entered into the car that Albert was in and Albert was in there looking for his ticket and he couldn't find it. But the conductor said, it's okay, Mr. Einstein. Everyone knows who you are. You don't need a ticket. And with that, the conductor moved on and checked all of the other cars. But then later, the conductor came back and to his surprise, he found Albert Einstein still searching for his ticket. Only this time, he was on his stomach on the floor. And the conductor said to him again, Mr. Einstein, you must not have heard me. We don't need a ticket from you. We all know who you are. You don't need one. And Einstein stood up and he said, Young man, you don't understand. This is not a matter of trust. This is a matter of direction. I have no idea where I'm going. (laughs) Now, I love that story. But let me ask you, where are you going? One day your heart is going to stop. Why would anybody go through life unprepared for what you know is going to happen? You're not ready to live until you're ready to die. You need a savior. You need somebody to pay for all of the sins you can't pay for. You might say, well, Dan, if I need a savior, how do I let Christ do that? Well, I'll tell you by relaxing and trusting. In other words, you've got to tr- stop trying to save yourself. I used to go to Southwood Leisure Centre a lot for years, and I got friendly with one of the guys who worked there, and he used to run lifeguard courses, um, and did it, did it for years. And he taught me that in the water you can't save somebody as long as they're trying to save themselves. I don't know if you've ever watched a lifeguard in action but if somebody's drowning in the ocean or a lake or a pool you're supposed to swim over to that person and tread water and call out to them and then you wait you wait until all of the flailing has stopped until they've pretty much stopped trying to save themselves because if you grab hold of them while they're flailing they're likely to pull you down. So what do you do? You swim over to them, call out. You wait till they've stopped, maybe out of sheer exhaustion. They've collapsed possibly. And then it's really easy. You put your arm over their shoulder and you swim them back to shore. But you can't save them as long as they're trying to save themselves. And now, that's our problem. Most of us don't realise how desperately we need a saviour. I mean, the truth is, we may be sinking, we may be drowning... But somehow we still think, it's okay, I'm good, I can handle this. But the truth is we can't, because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory and we all need a saviour. And that's what Christmas is truly all about. You see, ultimately Christmas is not about giving gifts to other people, and it's not about getting gifts, no. Ultimately Christmas is about God's gift to you, In Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came to give you three things. He came to give you forgiveness for all of your past. He came to give you a purpose for living in the present. And he came to give you a home in heaven for all of eternity. So you can be with him. Past, present and future. Now tell me, where else are you going to get a deal like that? Nowhere. On Wall Street... Some day traders who, you know, trade money, they become millionaires or they become poor. Some do really well and some don't. And the main reason of that is timing. Timing, they'll tell you that everything comes down to timing. But it's not just true for Wall Street, is it? You know, if you're a circus acrobat, timing's everything. If you're a cricketer and you're up to bat, timing is everything. If you're a comedian, timing is everything. Smart people look for timing, don't they? And they take advantage of opportunities that they see. I want to ask you to do something smart this Christmas season. To take advantage of what time it is. It's time to release your fears. To start trusting God and to stop worrying. It's time to renew your faith and say, God, I trust you and I want to follow you all the days of my life. And it's time to receive forgiveness by inviting Jesus Christ, who came to earth to become your saviour. Now, why in the world would you wait another year to do that, when the time is right now? 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, Now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. This Christmas, don't put it off any longer. Let's unwrap God's present to you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, as a gift to us. And Lord, I pray that wherever we are right now in our relationship with you, that we would look at that manger this Christmas and remember what you did on the cross, why you sent Jesus down for us. And if we're sat here today unsure of how we're going to move forward or whether Jesus really is the center of our life, I pray that we would take a step towards you today. In Jesus' name, amen.